Welcome back to the Portage Health Foundation podcast. We're back for the first time and shockingly, it's been almost three months since our last episode. So I'm pretty excited to come here and talk about something that is is really cool to me and something that the foundation has been invested in for, uh, this is our sixth year now. It's uh, pretty neat to see it grow the way it has, but this is all about Giving Tuesday, or as we're calling it this year, hashtag Give Copper Country. Um, this podcast will have some stuff from me talking at the beginning, as you're hearing, and then we'll go into some interviews I did with um, Melissa and Laurel from 31 Backpacks, and then finish with um, the good folks over at Unity Mental Health and Wellness over in Houghton. They're one of our new nonprofit partners this year. So we have 26 partners for Giving Tuesday this year, including five new ones. The full list can be found um, at phfgive.org slash givingtuesday. While you're there, you can also donate and learn all kinds of stuff about what we have going this year. And it's going to be awesome, awesome, awesome this year for Giving Tuesday. We have 26 partners, which is the most we've ever had. We are matching up to $200,000 in donations. And just let me make that um, clear how that works. So if we get $200,000 in donations, we will match all of the donations dollar for dollar. So everything will be exactly even. If we end up with more than that, which we have for the last three years, so we're hoping we'll get there again this year thanks to your support, um, we will end up doing uh, the donations proportionally. So if uh, one of the nonprofits receives 10% of the donations that come in, they'll receive 10% of the 200000 So every donation gets matched. Um, it's just a matter of how much the match is. So if we end up with somewhere near last year's, uh, we ended up doing about 45 cents on the dollar for every donation. But it's still important to know that the first donation is matched and the last donation is matched. Every single donation gets matched um, and we're putting up $200,000, which I, I want to thank our board of trustees for making that happen. $200,000 is a lot of money and all of that money goes to these nonprofits. And I also want to make it clear because I've heard some people talking a little bit that every single dollar that you donate, every penny that you donate goes to that nonprofit that you're donating it to or those nonprofits they're donating it to, to the point where we, um, you know, just, just some things that like you might think that could go otherwise. None of that money goes to covering any of the time that we spend to this doing this every every you know minute of my time um, we have a giving tuesday intern her name is kira she's amazing if you're looking for a communications person and you're down in the gaylord area uh, she'll be um, uh, graduating in december and is available i would be happy to provide a reference for her um, all of her time is donated all of her graph designer all of our um, the finance people here in the background connie who does a great job all of her time is donated to this um, we're, we're putting on advertising all of that is just covered by the foundation we're not you know none of the money you donate is covering any of that um also to the point where you know there's a when you donate online there's a credit card fee we're covering all that cost so there every every penny you donate literally if you donate a hundred dollars every one hundred dollars is going to go to the nonprofits we're working with and we're really proud of that and we want people to know that you're that everything is going to them there's no overhead here that you're covering with your donations so thank you to everybody who's made donations already um and those that are, are going to make those donations again two hundred thousand dollars so um the donations are open we have our 26 partners finalized you can go to the website and find out over the coming weeks you're going to hear more about the other th- cool things we have going on including a partnership with some of the local schools where they're raising money through either a gene day or most of them are doing something called a penny war that's really cool we also have dining for donations which is something that is we did in 2020 but it was kind of a soft launch of it and it went really well for the right restaurants that did it but this year we have a, a new group of restaurants that are participating you'll hear about them and if you're you know somebody that runs a restaurant or if you you yourself are involved with the restaurant and want to get involved please do it's going to benefit you and it's also going to benefit the nonprofits that you're doing this for so thank you for being part of giving tuesday for the last five years and hopefully this year we can make the best one yet as we get over two million dollars donated to these nonprofits in Barraga, houghton keweenaw and onsanagan counties okay 
I think that's enough for me. Um, let's hear from 31 Backpacks. So we are here with the first section of the PHF podcast talking about Giving Tuesday 2022. Still can't believe we're already at this point, but we are here with Melissa and Laurel Mackey from 31 Backpacks. Uh, Melissa and Laurel, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, and you guys have been here before. Um, we'll have a link in the show notes to previous podcasts we've done with them talking about the work they do because you guys are Giving Tuesday veterans now. Yes. Um, last year was a big year bringing in more than $50,000, which I think was the most you guys have gotten in a single year. Absolutely. Um, so I'll start with you, Laurel. What was that like seeing a check for that much money coming through? I cried. <laughs> I cried. Um, providing for the at-risk kids uh, in the Copper Country, Keweenaw, Houghton, and Barriga counties is so important. And it's so important to have the funds to be able to do that. And we just never know <clears throat> where the money's going to come from. So it was a huge relief. Yeah, and, and Melissa, I, I know um, you guys have done this for a few years. Um, probably closer to 100000 as a total then. what What's that money meant for you guys in terms of what you've been able to plan and, and how you've been able to use that to make an impact? Well, uh, I can tell probably for everybody involved in all the organizations, boy, the pandemic was an eye-opener. And um, when, when things first started shutting down, we actually depleted 100% of our pantries. We took everything out and sent it home to the kids. And having this kind of a money or cushion, um, and our way of thinking has changed, so we were able we we plan well in advance now. And there's been shortages of things. Last year was we couldn't get pop tarts, for example. This year we can. Um, so we have learned that when things are available, we buy them and and we store them ahead of time, so that we're better prepared. And that money, you know, allows us to do that rather than um, you know being caught you know, without the resources to take care of something. And we just never know when something's going to come up like that. Yeah. And I, and I think it's been interesting because the, the pandemic, we just, we think it was 2020 and, and, but the, the effects of it are still being felt so much. Um, you guys were talking before we started recording about how the struggles have been this year in terms of getting some things and the prices going up. Um, what kind of, what kind of changes have you seen to the way you have to spend money this year? Uh, the food bank, uh, the community action food bank is not getting, what they used to get for one thing that's huge for us because the majority of our products are purchased we purchase from the food bank and if it doesn't come in on the truck items that we can send home to children then we have to buy from the local grocery stores and there's a couple of stores that just give us a discount that helps but it's so much more than what it would cost for us to buy it from the food bank for example i we were just talking about um we occasionally buy some loaves of bread in um, usually quantities of 20 loaves at a time. And uh, I was paying about $35 for that just a couple months ago for 20 loaves of bread. And now it's cost, it last time it cost us $97 for that same amount of bread. It's, it's jumped up incredibly. Yeah, and you can see how, you know, when you're doing pack after pack after pack each week, I mean, I, their monthly schedule of packs is, I mean, it's crazy. I was looking at that this morning, and I mean, I can't believe how many you have to do. And if that's the price for just one item, um, and you can see. So for those considering who to donate to for Giving Tuesday this year, I, I hope you really consider if they're doing backpacks for this reason alone, is that the cost of doing what the, the work they do is, has gone up incredibly. And the other thing I want to highlight with you guys is the amount of um, schools you serve now. Um, when you started, it was just, just you know up in Calumet. Now, what else? What schools do you guys reach? Well, actually, Michael brought the list. So at CLK, they have four school buildings, elementary, middle school, high school, and Horizons Alternative School, Lake Linden Hubble, Tamarack City Dollar Bay, Hancock, Barkell, 
the ISD, Hancock Middle, Hancock High, Houghton Elementary, Middle and High School, Adams Township, which is a South Range, and Jeffers in all of Baraga County, Baraga Schools and Launce Schools. I mean, that's that's incredible. It's huge. Yeah. Yes. And what, and again, like what drives you guys to do this? And Melissa, I'll, I'll go to you. Like what drives you guys to keep wanting to do this? Well, there's always been a need for it. And uh, we understand the correlation between having some proper nutrition and learning. They go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. Um, we look at this, you know, at first we thought how sad it was to see kids struggling with um, food insecurity. Um, but then we started evolving our thinking and realized that this is the opportunity to get them at a young age to get them out of this cycle and um, become, you know, um, productive members of society, get a good education and be able to not be dependent on the system as an adult. I love that, everything about what you're trying to do there. And I want to finish up, um, Laurel, if you could talk about what you guys are doing up in Mohawk at, at Horizons Alternative. And, and I'm going to go back to a story you've told me before that I just think is really touching um, with, the, with the pantry you guys have there. What, what, tell me about what, what, what's going on up there and specifically the toaster. Okay, yes. Uh, about nine years ago, I was delivering food on a Friday to the students at uh, Horizons Alternative School. And... A gentleman, a secretary was there and introduced me to another gentleman that was there that turned out to be the truant officer. I didn't know they still had them. And um, the secretary said, this is Laurel Mackey, one of the founders of 31 Backpacks, blah, blah, blah. And this truant officer said to me, oh my gosh, your program is so needed. Let me tell you a story. He said there was a young lady maybe 17 years old, who was old enough to live on her own in some little studio apartment that somebody found for her. Uh, and she had not come to school for three or four days and it was the dead of winter. So he had this truant officer went to check on her, knocked on the door, knocked on the door, called out. And she finally came wrapped in a blanket, cold, shivering, shaking. And he said to her, are you okay? You haven't been to school in four days, what's going on? And she started crying and she said, Mr. whatever his name is, um, she said, uh, I have no food in my house, absolutely nothing to eat. I'm too cold and hungry and weak to even catch the bus. And so when he told me that story, that night in the middle of the night, I woke up and I said, we need to provide food, not just on weekends, but all through the week for these students. And so we talked to the superintendent or principal at the time of the school who, is, who has now left um, there and it's in a foreign country about opening up a pantry and providing food for all the students at that school to access no requirements um, we want to prevent bullying uh, so it's it's been a huge success according to Joel the former uh, principal of that school graduation numbers went up uh, kids were coming to school attendance was was big and and he of course he knows what to say to us he said it's I had 31 backpacks pantry. He said, I thought you were crazy when you said you, you were going to open it up to all students, but it's been such a miracle for those students. So much so that when he moved over to Washington Middle, he called us and said, okay, are you sitting down? Because I'm thinking we're going to do one of these over at Washington Middle. So now we are doing two pantries um, at both schools. And again, it's open to the students. So nobody is singled out and they can go in and help themselves. We realize that there's more than just a weekend need. There is a seven day a week need for some of the students and we wanted to be, be there for them. 
Um, one of the interesting stories about the toaster is um, someone had donated some funds and said, um, just uh, buy something for 31 backpacks um, to use. So we, we purchased a toaster, you know, $35 brand new toaster brought it to a school bread um, and we have bread and peanut butter and jelly and the little pads of bread uh, peanut butter and jelly and butter and loaves of bread in the freezer they take one out go ahead sure so um when laurel was delivering that to the school a student came in to grab some food and and he said oh i'm sorry i'll leave and she said no go you come right in and she said we have this new toaster you should make yourself some toast have some toast and he just stood there and, and she said is there something wrong and he said I don't know how to use this. 17 years old and had never used a toaster. It's a it's a jarring story it, it, to hear. It, yeah, there's there's so many. Er, very early on, we were floored by how many households didn't have a can opener. Yeah, I, we have to take those sorts of things in, into consideration um, when we're when we're packing these meals for the weekly the weekly pack. So when we're talking about the meals that we're providing, they're all you know um, kid friendly types of meals that, that, that perhaps a five-year-old without supervision can prepare on their own. And uh, just to give you an idea of numbers, excluding these two pantries that we have, what we do on these weekly packs, we're talking about 2,000 meals a week that we do, 2,000, mm -hmm. plus the fruit, plus the snacks. And then we also um, send home personal hygiene products and cleaning supplies that you couldn't get with a bridge card. Those are not um, taxable items. You cannot purchase those with a bridge card. So making home lives a little bit easier too is what we do. Every student gets three pieces of fresh fruit for the weekend. Melissa and I are at Econo at five o'clock on Wednesdays with our carts. I'm counting bananas. Don't talk to us. Don't talk to us. <laughs> We're counting. No. It, it just opens up a lot of conversation when we, when we do that. Uh, one more story. One that'll, more story that'll make you yeah, cry. Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, well, it'll also help people realize that no. these are these are very real issues that are taking place in our community, and if Absolutely. we can do these things to help our next generation of youpers, hopefully, we'll have a better community, healthier community as a whole. Absolutely. When we first th thought about starting this this program, we met up at Calumet um, Schools with the principals, the superintendent, social workers. And Melissa, Amy Zawada, and I, and uh, I mean, we had no idea how we were going to do this. And they helped us set up what we do today that works. But as we're chatting about how are we going to know this, how are we going to know which students need it? Oh, we'll deal with that. We know they said the school contacts know, so on and so forth. And then I started getting nervous and I said, is this needed? Is this really needed? And... Um, Daryl Pierce told one of the principals, uh, tell, tell Laurel and tell them the story. It was taco, taco salad Friday. And the students uh, are not supposed to take any, in elementary school, are not supposed to take any food out of the pantry, out of the uh, cafeteria. But the principal was seeing droppings of food after lunch was over with going toward uh, lockers and she thought what well, i don't know what's going on here but it was a friday and it was like i said taco salad friday and she came out of her office the students have to go past from the cafeteria past her office to their lockers she followed a trail of food loose food that dropped on the ground and right to this little girl five-year-old girl's locker opened it up and there were handfuls of ingredients for taco salad in her backpack 
So she asked, found out who that locker belonged to, had them go and get that young lady and come into her office. And she said, what is going on? Why we, we see that you have handfuls of food You're from the cafeteria, you're not supposed to do that. And of course the little young lady, little girl started crying and she said, but Mrs. whatever her name is, I have to have something to eat this weekend and so does my little brother. And I said, okay, we'll do this. If, that, if it's just, even just one, we'll do that. Sad. But. It's uh, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. And thank you guys for the work you guys are doing. <clears throat> 11th year of this now? Yes. 11 years. Mm -hmm. Really incredible. So thank you to Laurel and Melissa uh, Mackey for joining. They're the founders of 31 Backpacks, one of the 26 organizations partnering with the Portage Health Foundation for this year's Giving Tuesday effort. Um, again, you can make your donations at phfgive.org slash givingtuesday. Thank you guys so much. And if you're interested in volunteering with them, find them on Facebook. They're doing backpacks. They post all the time about volunteer opportunities. Um, and it's really meaningful work that, uh, that you'll feel really good about yourself for getting involved with. So thank you guys so much. Thank Our you. pleasure. Thank you for inviting us. All right, we are back for portion two of the first PHF podcast for 2022, talking about Giving Tuesday, which we're referring to as Give Copper Country this year, which I'm pretty excited about. Anyways, this one, we have a new um, nonprofit this year called Unity Mental Health and Wellness, and they are focusing on an issue that we hear so much about, including, I mean, just last week, we had an incident um, at one of our local schools um, where, where mental health you know, treatment or help or something like that might have made a difference, and we just will never know. Um, but we're here now talking with Beth Shannon and Angela Price from Unity Mental Health and Wellness. So first off, I will let you guys introduce yourself. And um, Beth, start with yourself. Where are you from? What's your background? So um, I'm from, I'm local. I grew up in Elo, which I always joke and say is a suburb of Pelkey in Tapiola, if everyone knows where that is. Um, so yeah, I've lived here most of my life and I have a degree in psychology. Um, I've traveled a lot and then came back to the area to raise my family. And um, yeah, and so had some experiences within the mental health realm with a family member and um, it was pretty tough locally because resources are limited, um, which led me and well, Angela and I have known each other since second grade and we would talk about things and, and um, you know, what, what the issues were and, and all of a sudden we started talking about, hey, maybe we can help. Yeah. And um, here we are. <laughs> awesome. And Angela, I want to go to you next. You, you guys are Baraga High School graduates then? Yes. Well, I actually graduated from Houghton, but okay. I grew up in Baraga. Right. So we, we've been friends since we were seven. Second grade. <laughs> and so, yes, during COVID and during all of this, we would go for hikes and go for walks and really talk about, you know, kind of what was going on and just said, well, you know what? why can't we get these resources here? We've got technology, we've got telehealth. Uh, Beth had a really good idea and a vision of what um, it should look like for people that need help and you know how the access should be easier, how it should be easier to find the access. And then also when they came in to an office, what it should be like. Um, we wanted to get away from a clinical feel. We wanted to get away from somebody even if it was telehealth, wanted to get away from somebody sitting at a com computer screen um, and kind of squinting and trying to figure that out. So uh, that was really where we began. Um, and then also kind of looking at um, the other side on the therapist. Why, are, why aren't we getting enough therapists? Why are resources low? How can we help that? 
Um, and so we really uh, looked at, you know, what are the issues? They're stressed, they're overworked. Um, <laughs> they're, oh, and how can we change that? So we also came up with a little, a different business, I wanna say a different business model on how to make sure that the, the therapists are getting what they need. So we, we have um, options for them. If they wanna work full-time, they can. If they wanna work part-time, they can. If they wanna be contractors, we can do that um, as well. Uh, we'll credential them. We do all the billing. Um, we've got the, you know, we're taking care of the reception. Um, if there are issues, we deal with that. So we're really making it easy for them to pick their hours, when, how little, how much they want to work, uh, and, and that sort of thing. Well, also uh, giving them, you know, the option of how they want to treat the patient, how long they want to be with them, you know, in a session, um, and just really freedom, as well as getting the best possible care for for the people coming in that need the help. So Yeah, we really wanted to take care of our community, but we wanted to take care of the people who care for our community as well, right? Because if they're not doing well, they're not going to be able to have that longevity. So we want to take care of both sides. I like that vision. And you guys have, have succeeded. Um, you know, we're out, we're over on College Avenue in Houghton. I'm, I'm actually in their clinic right now. And I was um, shocked. This used to be, a, what was the I place called? What was uh, it? College Avenue Vision Clinic. Yeah. So if you, yeah. if you know any of the people who used to run that, it's been here forever. Um, and you walk in and it has a totally, totally different vibe to it now. You guys, uh, the music playing, the smell, like, I mean, right, right away, as soon as I walked in that door, I could just smell it. So Beth, talk about that. What, what did, why did you guys design it that way? And what are you hoping people will feel when they, when they have that? Yeah. So that's very intentional. We did not want to feel like a clinic. We didn't want to feel, um, you know, for lack of a better world, like word sterile, um, you know, cause hospitals have to be very clean and, and we are too, but, <laughs> but we wanted it to feel more relaxing, right? Yeah. People are coming here in different states of mind. We want it to feel when you walk through the door, calming, welcoming, um, like you're just visiting a friend, you know, that's what we were going for. So excellent. What have you been hearing from people so far when they, when they've come in? Oh my gosh. So much good feedback. Um, just wow it smells so good like you said mm -hmm. and it's so calming in here um relaxing i mean people like to be in here we also have a coffee bar and um with hot chocolate which is popular with and, the marshmallows. Kids, and marshmallows and marshmallows <laughs> and that's very popular with the kids that come in and tea if you're not a coffee drinker so yeah we just really really want to welcome people in here and take the stigma out of mental health care like this isn't um, something to feel bad about, you know, we just, we want people to feel better when they come in. So yeah, that's our goal. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And Angela, what, what the reason you guys are here, the reason we're talking to you guys as part of Giving Tuesday this year is that you guys went a very different route than, than most places. Um, this is not a for-profit organization. You guys are a complete 501c3 nonprofit. Tell me a little bit about that decision and, and what that's uh, allowed you guys to do. Uh, well, one, we knew that when we were con when we were going through the math of it, that this isn't necessarily a million dollar business um, and that there are going to be times when we do need help um, to kind of supplement what's going uh, the operations to supplement um, training um, and just different community needs as they come up. So. Uh, also, we were looking at our community in general and the idea of uh, health from a nonprofit versus a 
for profit. And we really wanted to make sure that um, we took away the the drive to make money. Um, also, we know there are grants and we want to provide the best possible service. And we know there are grants out there, there's funding out there, and we can make the, the service so much better with uh, with that versus trying to charge a customer or trying to um, underpay a therapist. Um, so for us, it just made more sense to be a nonprofit. Awesome. And what kind of revenue sources have you had so far? Uh, we've had some donations um, and then we do uh, we do take insurance. Okay. Uh, so uh, we charge, uh, we take uh Medicare, Medicaid, UPHP, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Aetna, uh, Cigna. <laughs> Sounds like quite priority. a process to make that happen. Right? <laughs> yes. that, that stuff doesn't just happen, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we're, so, we're hoping to get credentialed with more. Okay, kind of just working towards that. Yeah. Yes, yep, as we see need. And so now we've seen another uh, health insurance, uh, uh, people with an, an additional health insurance plan that we know that we probably should go ahead and <laughs> start credentialing with them. Yeah, and we are losing Beth. Thank you for being on the podcast today. She is going to help a customer um, that's coming in or a patient. I'm not sure what wording you guys use necessarily, uh, but we, we still have Angela here. So Angela, um, tell me about the services that you guys offer. What, what can people expect when they call Unity? So the first thing that we do is we listen to them and we find out what exactly they're looking for. And if it's something that we can help them with, then we'll schedule them uh, with any of our therapists that's going to best meet their needs. If we can't help them, then we will provide them with information on local uh, mental health options, or even if it's further away, we'll also provide that. Excellent. I did yeah. notice a ton of like signage and pamphlets and things like that from different nonprofits, many of which yeah. we work with. How has that been to having partners like that? Oh, locally, uh, we can, you cannot imagine the help that we've had. It, it's been, um, the, there's so much cooperation. Um, I think when we first started this, uh, we started talking to different therapists in the area, trying to get ideas on help. And we thought, well, we're not competing with you. We're, we want to offer something that you don't, that's something, you know, to kind of really fill in the gaps in service. And they said, no, 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 it's not competition. We need all the help that we can get. Um, we had the Barbara Kettle Gunlock Shelter Home. They were, um, Mary was so helpful in the beginning. Um, if you look around, a lot of the furniture <laughs> came from there. Um, she helped to get us connected in the right groups um, so that we're in front of um, like the DHS, uh, the, the local mental health groups, um, and you know, the police there. She's just really, that was our initial um, start in really getting connected with groups. Um, since there, since then, we've been invited uh, to present at different um, groups of sort, like different groups, yeah, like yeah, different groups. Um, we also just uh, we also started off with the smart zone. We took classes there, okay, um, and so they have helped us immensely to right from the get go and making sure that we were checking all of our uh, kind of boxes and making sure that we had the right business plan. You know, uh, kind of just giving us information that we wanted to make sure that we had. <laughs> So they've been actually, they were really helpful too. So all along, I can't, 
it's every everyone is so very helpful. Um, we've been working with the schools, CCISD. Uh, we've met with UP Kids, um, UGL. They've been great to us. We get a lot of referrals from them. Um, just it's it's been extraordinary um, and just really not getting any pushback and and lots of ideas so when we, we listen to the ideas then we try to uh, find a way to solve those I loved uh, the success story anytime you see community partners <laughs> coming together and um, so with that I want to tell everybody this is your chance to be part of the team you know make your donation on Giving Tuesday um, we are matching up to $200,000 in donations and it'll be proportional after that or we, as, as if we end up with more donations than that so this is your chance to support the work that Angela and Beth are doing here with Unity Mental Health and Wellness um, I do want a quick note before we ask into the final part but Unity um, it's spelt U-N-I-T what's that E called? Uh -huh. Just have a tilde over it? <laughs> oh I don't know it's an E with a line across yeah. the top. And it's, it's pronounced <laughs> unity, though. So those yes. who are looking at it and they see Unite, um, which also is kind of in the background. But anyways, it's Unity Mental Health and Wellness. You can go to unitywellness.org. That's U-N-I-T-E wellness.org to learn more about what their operations are. Um, and I want to do the last thing here, Angela. Tell me about the needs. I mean, people are looking at what they're going to do with donating their money, their hard-earned money that they've you know done all kinds of things that they can do anything with. They can support all kinds of organizations. What would, what would it mean to you guys if you're able to receive donations from our community? Well, uh, right now we're still in the beginning phases of our business. So, um, and as we're listening to people telling us what they need, uh, we're, we're hiring, uh, we're finding more resources. Uh, we really need funds to kind of, to continue to fill in those gaps. When we hear about a gap, uh, when we have a therapist in and they fill up, we need to hire another one. So, uh, the money would really be just would be to you know continue to fill in the gaps in the mental health care services and then also to expand those services. Um, uh, we funding to recruit new therapists. Uh, we have a lot. We have uh, therapists here, but we need additional training for some of them. Uh, there are trainings out there that you know they know that would be very effective um and they're they would really like to take those trainings so we need that and that's just to offer different types of services and solutions and modes of therapy to our existing and you know future customers um also we are still we haven't done a lot of advertising at all um we've been it's mostly been word of mouth connecting with the other nonprofits in the area and so I think advertising would be really huge for us and, you know, to continue networking so that people know that our services are out here. Um, so that that's really important to us, because if you don't know, you, <laughs> you can't get the help. And you, I think that we're kind of stuck where we used to be going, oh, I don't know where to go for help. And um, and so um, also uh, we have we do have one telehealth room set up and we do use that but it would be really helpful to expand some of our telehealth there telehealth capabilities um, and really to get you know cameras and videos and computers and those things right now what we've what we've got are donations <laughs> and so it'd be really uh, nice to get more state-of-the-art um, uh, of those capabilities um, and also we have our therapists and some of them have or want very specialized supplies and tools to use in their therapy and they're quite costly <laughs> some of them so um, those are 
kind of hitting on the main <laughs> topics of what we would use it for. And it's really just to bring, you know, bring enough services, the right kind of services, and make sure that we have the services that are needed in available to people as they call in and need help. Excellent. Well, we're going to end it there. Um, congratulations to Beth and Angela for the excellent work you guys have done in making this reality. Um, the, the office looks simply amazing. Um, so if you're out there considering who you're going to donate to this year on Giving Tuesday, uh, make sure you consider Unity at uh, Unity Mental Health and Wellness. Again, you can donate at phfgive.org slash Giving Tuesday. Thank you all so much for checking out the PHF podcast. We'll be back again next episode.